Uh, you're listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I read a story from American history <laughs> to my friend. Jesus. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. I forgot the to my friend part. Yeah, you completely blanked on your line. You the one the one scripted line. See, you how, did you, how did it go on Marin? Were you just like, I don't know? I mean, you saw. I ran that fucking show. Okay. Like, All right. Was, Let's everybody call. I mean, I I made that show happen. Okay. All right. Well, Mark, if you're listening, well, we He's know not. you're not. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Even if someone was like, hey, they mentioned you on the dollop, that wouldn't prompt a listen. No, I still wouldn't listen. Yeah. God, you want a little hit of dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gara. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> August 30th, 1893. Okay. Huey Pierce Long was born Sorry, in... Sorry, I already got to put him... Wow. Fucking Jose. Hey. What is he doing? Is he doing drape stuff? It, yeah, it's a curtain. I can't have... Oh, he's playing with the drapes. He can do curtain. That. Way to go, Jose. Way to ruin it that's, right off the that's bat. That's probation. Yeah, okay. you twitch your tail. You're all mad. He is Where are my drapes? Huey Pierce Long... Wow, what was that? He just, he he just, just literally slumped. slumped and sat on his ass like a human would. He's like, all right. Uh, Huey Pierce Long was born in Winfield, Louisiana, the seventh of nine children. His father became one of the largest landowners and livestock holders in the area. Their mother wanted the kids to read. Okay. So if they had a book, she didn't have them do chores. Okay. That's actually not a bad idea. Great trade-off. But then, that... then a lot of shit doesn't get done. Right. True. When Huey was 14... It's almost like us with our phones now. Like, that's why the world around us is sort of crumbling, because we're just looking down. Totally. When you had a book, you're just... the dishes stack. Totally. That's what we are. When Hugh was 14, he campaigned at a polling precinct for Theo Wilkinson. You remember Theo Wilkinson? He was great. Oh, man. That guy was money. Who went on to lose the race for uh, Louisiana governor. Right. I remember that clearly. Mm -hmm. Do you remember you, where you were? Oh, fuck yeah. I was... Uh, Ditto. Yep. Uh, but Huey, Huey was hooked. Quote, all I remember is that the first time I knew anything about politics, I was in. In high school, Huey traveled the state on the debate team when he was a junior but just before he turned 17, he was kicked out of uh, high school for publishing a letter attacking the teachers. Okay. <laughs> kind of a zine. Yep. <laughs> Anti-teacher zine. Yeah. Uh, Huey then took a petition around Winfield and convinced a majority of the citizens to sign it and got the principal fired. Wow. That's like the guy, you know, like whenever someone write, like runs for student council, they like talk about all the stuff they're going to yeah. do. And I'm going like, to get vending machines. It's always the vending machines. Yeah. Always. We're going to have always. pie. <laughs> Friday's going to be pie day. <laughs> you know, just lofty lies. You know, this guy's like, I'll get the principal fired. You're like, buddy, look, aim low. Vending me ice cream sandwiches. That's your that's your market. And this dude doesn't. I'm taking out the head. I'm taking out the head of the Hydra. <laughs> Still, uh, Huey did not even try to finish high school. He left Winfield. So wait, he got her. He got her or him. I'm assuming it's who, him. Oh, yeah, it's, it's got to be a ten. Yeah. yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, they were yeah, like, a woman her. in charge? Oh, my God, fire her. Throw, throw the woman and the man who thinks it's okay in the fire. <laughs> but so he gets 
the principal fired, and then it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't need it. Yeah. You know, I did my thing. Yeah, you know, it wasn't even him. Uh, he left Winfield and got a job as a traveling salesman selling a large a lard substitute made from cottonseed oil. Oh, card. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't card. He made $19 a week. After that, he got a job in Memphis selling cured meats, lard, and canned goods. So Lard's a big player with this I mean, guy. This is just Lard or Lard spinoffs are big with him. Well, they always said the, the 1910 to 1917. The Lard is, boom. Is the, yeah, that's the Lard the boom. The Lard boom. That was the Lard era. Um, he met his quotas but ran through his expense account because he stayed in expensive hotels and ate in nice restaurants. He was then promptly fired. Uh, then he got kicked out of the hotel room he was living in uh, because he had no money, and he ended up sleeping in parks, depots, and railroad yards. This took a real turn. In 1911, his mom talked him into moving to Oklahoma, where his brother George was a dentist. She wanted Huey to become a minister, but he decided he'd rather be a lawyer, and he went to the University of Oklahoma Law School. Now, okay. on his way there, he borrowed some money from George to go, right? And then on his way there, he stopped in Oklahoma City and lost the money George had given him at a roulette wheel. Ugh. It's bad. Bad. He then got a job as a salesman. And worked while in law school, uh, but he didn't do that great while in law school. Okay. Uh, but he was a good salesman, becoming a regional sales manager at 19. He was responsible for a four-state area and several salesmen, including his younger brother, Earl. <laughs> he was also one of those guys who never forgot a name. Okay. But that's 19. Yeah, that's good. It's also never forgetting a name in this era. The names were insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This uh, is Tapiotiki. Hello, Tapiotiki. <laughs> I, I remember you from earlier. We met at the ball. Uh, in April 1913, he married Rose McConnell. They married in a small ceremony, and then Huey borrowed $10 from her to pay the minister. Honey. Uh, hey, hey, baby. Honey. Honey. We're, uh, baby, baby, baby. I love you. Hey, babe. Yeah. I love you. I love you, too. What a great wedding. This was wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. I cannot wait to spend the rest of my life with you. <laughs> now, if I could just get ten dollars, I'm a little strapped. What? And uh, what's ours? What's yours is mine. We're we're an R. We're an R now. We have. Uh, we're, we're, give me ten dollars. I got to pay the guy. Don't make this awkward. Okay. Don't be weird. Thanks. Sorry, she was being so weird. Here you go. I feel like this is a bad idea. Shut up. Good lord, you just don't shut up, do you? In. <laughs> It's the best wedding ever. <laughs> right after. In the spring of 1914, he was laid off as regional manager, and he started selling patent medicines, including a laxative called Black Draft. Oh, wow. What? <laughs> Awful. Uh, uh, Black Draft? Uh, uh, a laxative named Black Draft. Uh, okay. I mean, there are so many things wrong there. Uh, it's. I think like I'm, it's like a three-tiered issue I have with it. <laughs> Uh, he also sold uh, wine of Cardui, uh, which was for women's relief. The main ingredient was alcohol. Wait, the it's a la also a laxative? Uh, or? No, it was for women's relief. So women's I think it was for uh, the time of the month. Oh. So, so the, the answer was to just get them shit-faced. Right. You mean rent. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. In September 1914, they moved to New Orleans, and he went to Tulane University's law school. Mm, didn't do great. He okay. completed two classes, failed two others, and did not show up for the final exam of another four classes. Okay. Uh, the bar exam was scheduled for June, but Huey was so broke that he petitioned the chief justice. <laughs> it's a problem if you learn the petition game early. I know, right? He's yeah. like, you know, I just go, I'm just going straight to the top on this one. <laughs> hey, you know what? 
He petitioned the Chief Justice of the Louisiana Supreme Court to let him take the bar exam early. Wow. And the Supreme Court Chief Justice let him. Yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, he's like, well, this kid's got some gumption, huh? <laughs> On May 15th, Huey passed his oral bar exam, becoming a 21-year-old member of the Louisiana bar. Crazy. Right? Yeah. So uh, he moves his family to Shreveport, where he uh, mostly fought for small plaintiffs against large businesses. Uh, He made a name for himself by taking on the biggest businessmen in town. Okay. Then in 1918, at 25, Huey Long Jr. won a seat on the Louisiana Railroad Commission. Okay. He put flyers everywhere and delivered speeches in every town. His campaign flyer said, quote, I was born on a farm. I am a common man, and my sympathies have always been with the masses. I am opposed by the privileged seeker, the privileged seekers and profiteers. Okay. Hugh became chairman of the Public Service Commission in 1922, and then he sued the Cumberland Telephone Company for unjustly raising its rates by 20%. He successfully argued the case before the U.S. Supreme Court, and telephone and the telephone company was forced to send refund checks to 80,000 overcharged customers. <laughs> oh, man. So, all right. Yeah, loving yeah. it. Loving and, it. Like, he didn't graduate from high school. No. He kind of skipped law school. Yeah. And now he's winning, winning arguments in the Supreme Court. Yeah. Because that's what, like, now that, it, like, if you're, if you're, it's hard to be, you know, like, when you're young, you have to be working towards that goal. So you spend yeah. a lot of that time changing your views. This is a guy who's coming in hot. Yeah, he's super he's coming in spicy. hot. Spicy. Huey Long coming in hot. Hot. His political life was just getting going. When Huey was 30, he ran for governor on the platform Reduce Taxes, Less Officers, Free School Books to School Children, and Numerous Other Constructive Reforms. Well, unelectable today. <laughs> he came in third. <laughs> he blamed his loss on heavy rains that came the day before the election, which kept his rural supporters from voting because there were... Less than 300 miles of paved roads in Louisiana. Well, then how is, on his list of things he's going to do, how is not get rid of rain not one of them? I would put that first. First. Stop Get rid of rain so that I can stay in power. First, I will stop the rain. (laughs) In 1924, 60% of the state's 2 million citizens lived in rural areas with only bare necessities. They didn't have much of an education. Oh, boy. Most white farmers had not uh, completed the fourth grade. Oh, my God. Around 240,000 adults could not read. Jesus. Could you imagine? So this is 1924. Yeah. 240,000 adults couldn't read. Just stumbling around Louisiana, trying to figure out road signs and looking at at ingredients. Is this meat? Those are beans. It would be like if you dropped me off in, in Hong Kong right now. Yeah. And we're like, go, go at it. Figure it out. Have a good life. Yeah. I'd be like, wait, what? Families, because because families couldn't afford to buy textbooks, um, and those were required to go to school. That's why he wanted, right. So then if you couldn't afford textbooks, you couldn't go to school. Right. So here How horrible is that noise? I don't know. I mean, let's let's take a look at the... I mean, it's definitely showing up. Do you want to move? Do you want to go in the kitchen? Yeah, we could do that. Let's move. Hey, guys. We're moving. We're moving. This is intimate. This is nice. Hi. We should do this more often. Oh my god! Hi, how are you? I we don't do I this never, enough. I, have, I never noticed your eyes. Stop! No, I just we get yeah. so caught up in the bustle. Do you want to light the candle? No, I don't want to light the candle. Okay. No, absolutely not. Uh, oh, good, a helicopter. Good. Okay, Los Angeles. I hate you. 
the worst. Okay, so uh, so Huey ran for governor again in 1927 with the slogan, Everyone is a king, but no one wears a crown. Ooh, like that. Right? Yeah. Let's get tattoos of that. Uh, right on our chest. Yep. <laughs> Big ones. Life-changing ones. Huey kicked off his campaign by attacking normal Louisiana politics. Okay. So there were, guys called, there were these guys called the old regulars in New Orleans. So they're like the businessmen who ran everything. Who sure. Paid off the legislatures and did all that. Pretty, so he's, pr- he's pretty upfront name for the old regulars. A, yeah, for yeah. such a backdoor. Well, they activity. could have just been talking about BMs. Yeah, true. Absolutely, that's true. They could have been super regular as far as bowel movements go. <laughs> you don't know. Uh, so he railed against poverty, saying, "Quote: We must bear in mind that sixty-five percent of the people own less than five percent of our wealth." He promised an education. Horrible for, time, right? Yeah. He promised an education for quote every white child in Louisiana. Okay. He promised free school books, free bridges, better highways, and cheap natural gas. Would love for all races to be included, but outside of that, oh, that's not great. Yeah, no, it's just an era <laughs> issue. It's not a. It's not an issue. It's not that a is, beef with the man. It just puts a beef with there. reality. That is absolutely not happening. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Huey traveled fifteen thousand miles and made six hundred speeches, usually over five a day, which is pretty impressive mm-hmm. for that time. Uh, yeah. Um, using his own money, he printed up and mailed over a million flyers. Wow. <clears throat> he promised to allow unlimited hunting and fishing year-round and to abolish the State Conservative Commission, which he called, quote, a possum-watching brigade. I'll cut the tail off the Cons- Conservation Commission right <laughs> up behind the ears. Okay. So that's not actually where the tail is. Yeah, it's <clears throat> very confusing. Saying, what he's saying is he's going to kill, kill, kill the whole right. thing. Because if you cut a tail off behind the ears... That's like a spine. It's just a long walk. When Huey got uh, when Huey gave a speech, and when Huey gave a speech out in the country, he would recognize people in the crowd he had met when he was a salesman and <laughs> call them out by name and bring up when they'd met or what had happened. Some of them he would call. He'd be like, "You're getting fat." Like he would just, ha ha, familiar guy. I wish you didn't remember me now. Well, you're uh, you're very heavy now. Hey, anyway, fuck you, Huey. How about that? Hey, Tubbs, I'm running for governor. You I don't care. I'm not voting for you. Calling me Tubbs. Okay. I've had a rough couple of years, asshole. Hey, fat boy. Stop calling me fat boy, Huey. You could have a problem. I know Gary Johnson. Excuse me. Your name's Gary Johnson. I remember you. Yeah. Okay. So what? I remember your name. Vote for I me. I know. I'm not voting for you. That's because you're fat. You stop saying that. It's look. Generations from now, uh-huh. a relative of mine. <laughs> Holy shit. Jose. What did Jose just do? He just went crazy. Good God, it's not like she, she fell into a construction he, site. He. Whatever, what's the difference? It's Jose. It's a boy's name. I mean, how hard is it to deduce that? Well, maybe maybe she's going through some... He. Ge- maybe she's going through some gender stuff. Oh, good Lord. <clears throat> He also told people what they wanted to hear. In the Baptist North, he said he was against alcohol use. Okay. But when he was down south in New Orleans, he would say, quote, I want every man in this audience who ever took a drink to vote for me. Yeah, well. It's politician. Yeah. I mean, isn't that, isn't that the idea? You're spo- you, you have to lie. Right? Mm. Yeah, he would sp- <laughs> He would speak to a crowd holding a Bible and quoting passages from memory. He called his political opponents... Low-down, vile, and slanderous men, thieves, bugs, and lice, grafters, and money boodlers, and graveyard-robbing politicians. Jeez. So he went after him. Yeah. <laughs> His attacks on Louisiana politics weren't going over well with the politicians. Really? Shocking. The establishment didn't like that. They didn't care for it. Huh. In November, Huey was in a hotel when a 60-year-old former governor, J.Y. Sanders, saw him... 
and yelled that Huey was a damn liar. So he yells him in a hotel lobby. Just out of nowhere? Well, yeah, I think so. Okay. Huey then ran over, attacked Sanders, punching him. Oh, God. And then dashed off to the elevator. Oh, jeez. That's a weird... (laughs) Also, Sanders is like 60. Oh, my God. It's um, like when Pedro Martinez threw that old oh, uh, Don Zimmer. Yeah, Don Zimmer. <laughs> Don Zimmer. <laughs> He's grabbed by his uh, big bald head. Yeah. Uh, Sanders chased and squeezed in before the elevator doors could shut. So this is before they had those readers. Right. Yeah. Better times. Uh, and then the two men wrestled on the floor as the elevator boy watched. Oh, he. So, oh, the other guy made it in too. The other guy, oh, Indiana no, other Jonesed guy, his way into the elevator. The sixty-year-old. Right? The, the old man. Yeah. Jeez. And he got in there, and now they're wrestling around and fighting. <laughs> and the elevator uh, boy. The boy's like, which uh, floor? What floor again? Uh, Ninth floor. And bystanders finally broke up the the fight. Wow. Later that afternoon, Huey strutted through the lobby, showing off part of Sanders' shirt cuff that he had ripped off during the fight. Jeez, he's starting to sound a little... I mean, it's Got like, a fucking trophy here, boys. Hey, guess who beat up a senior earlier? <laughs> yeah, he was pretty old. Ah. Once his hip broke, it sort of became my fight to lose. They're soft when you punch them. Yeah. <laughs> what you don't know is your head becomes like a baby head towards the end, too. It was like punching a pile of mashed potatoes. So he's walking... <laughs> He's walking around with his shirt cuff that night. Oh, this? I just beat up an old man earlier in an elevator. That night, he gave a speech in front of 3,000 people, and he waved the torn cuff around and bragged about the elevator fight. That sounds so Trumpy. Sanders called Huey, quote, a red-mouthed, white-livered, yellow-backboned enemy of our country. Wow. So he, he felt the opposite way. Yeah. Colorful language. Yeah. Huey explained his political strategy to a friend. Quote, in every county, there is a boss, usually the sheriff. The boss has 40% of the votes. 40% are opposed to him, and 20% are in-betweens. I'm going in and cussing out the boss. That gives me 40% of the votes to begin with, and I will hoss-trade them out of the in-betweeners. I always hit the big man first. Smart. Yeah. Right? Sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, go right, and no matter so it's the the mentality is no matter what go at the establishment, right? Right, and 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 the people that are with them are going to be probably smaller in number than the people. Who are right, them. yeah, you're yeah, That's it's what you're numbers, right? Yeah, yeah. When his opponent, opponent said he went barefoot as a child, Huey responded, "I can go one better. I was born barefoot." Bam. What? Oh, I mean, uh, uh, uh whoa. Yeah, girl. He now had, uh, he knew how to turn a phrase when he talked about his opponents, like uh, he called them as slick as a, as polecat grease. No. More trouble than a boat can haul. Hey, hey, whoa, come on now. They can only, as, they, they can haul a lot. So that's pretty, pretty rude, if you ask me. As hungry as a seed tick. <laughs> Think about it. They're stuck. A neck like a cashaw and a head like a gourd. Whoa, okay. That might be genetic, sir. He once said a man was so mean that he, quote, sleeps on a grindstone and has razor soup for breakfast. This is how they talked back then. They all, this is how they all were talking. But it, it made sense. It totally made sense. They were, they, they were people, down with it. People weren't like, what? No, they were totally down with it. Okay. Uh, he was very energetic. Speak. This man has toilet paper with his cereal dish. <laughs> Whoa, easy, Huey. He just, his wife just died. 
Easy, leave him be. He was a very energetic speaker, yelling and turning red, pounding fists and punching the air. Huey dressed in pastel suits, purple shirts, red flower ties, and two-toned wingtips, and was once described as, quote, an explosion in a paint factory. <laughs> oh, my God. So he came out loud. So he's like the old guy who used to announce the price is right. Rod um, Roddy. Oh, Rod. Okay, I thought you were talking about Bob Barker. Now I got to oh, announce. Yeah. No. Right. I know. He was often attacked in the press and fought back. He nicknamed the newspaper the Alexandria Daily Town Talk as the Alexandria Bladder. Ah. Uh, mm. <laughs> Take that, establishment. Once he fought with the editor of the Shreveport Journal on the street, a New Orleans paper reported, quote, the men clinched and rolled from the sidewalks into the gutter. The editor was bleeding about the mouth, but not seriously hurt when the combatants were separated. Jesus. <laughs> so Huey's definitely making enemies. Yeah, he I mean, he really goes for it. Yeah, he's not kidding around. I I do wish there was more physical fighting oh, in politics. Come on, it would be so. It, why it would, why it would not just fight? Why not just fist fight? At this point, right? Is there li- there's little benefit in it for us anymore? Like they're they're right. not even talking about issues anymore. No. There's just is, there's gone. little benefit. Yeah. So can we just at least now physicalize it? Yeah, just start punching each other in the Senate. Beat and, each and other the, up, fight each other. House of Representatives, just yeah. fucking duke it out. Take a page out of Japan's book. Bring back the duel. Yeah. Oh, God. Right? Oh. Uh, be tremendous. Ah. Uh, uh, so, ex-governor Ruffin Pleasant. Uh, I gotta go, Dave. <laughs> I have to move. I have to go. Ruffin Pleasant? Ruffin Pleasant. Stop. Does it not sound like a country band? It sounds like a country like restaurant. It sounds like a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> R- one more time. Rough and pleasant. Rough and pleasant. R U F F I N. R U F F I N. Right. R U F F I N. Rough and pleasant. Yeah. Is his name? Yeah. Man. <laughs> I mean, if a guy's dying for you know how guys will like have taglines. I'm bad, whatever. Get it in, did it in. This guy's like rough and pleasant. Uh, that's the name, and that's the way you'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, Ruffin. <clears throat> he called Huey, quote, <clears throat> a coward with the conduct of an egg sucking yellow dog, a man who lies with a craven heart like a white livered popinjay. So a white liver is a bad thing. I think so. You don't want to have a white liver. I don't think you want a white liver. Sure. I don't know why. Yeah, well, I mean, my guess is that it's. I mean, yeah, I think a black liver would seem more... Aren't liver, Livers are, are fairly dark colored. They far. are, but like... Or are a, they red when they're inside? Yeah, they're, I mean, well, they're like, you, they're like, uh, yeah, like a, a dark red, like dark red brown, yeah. I think. Because when you buy a liver in a store, it's brown. But oh, probably, anytime I buy a liver, it's brown. But that's probably because... It's, it's rotting like, in a store and you shouldn't be buying it, yeah, probably, because exactly. it's, it's a liver. It's being exposed to the, to Ooh, the air, liver. which changes the color of mm. blood. And it's mostly Love a, a bit blood of liver. thing. Mm, love a bit of liver. Okay. White liver. Okay. Mm. Shreveport Mayor Lee Thomas said, quote, a great many citizens I know are opposed to a man of the destructive and Bolshevistic type for governor of this state that sincerely believe that the election of Huey Long would be more injurious to the welfare of this state than the locusts of Egypt or the Mississippi floods. Locusts <clears throat> of Egypt. This guy went locusts. Yeah, that is that's that's big. You can't take it back. Once you let the locusts out of the bag. No, once you're good night. Once once you're getting to locust rhetoric. Yeah, that's it. There's no coming back. Uh, Huey went after bigots who would vote against presidential candidate New York Governor Al Smith because he was a Catholic. Okay. 
<clears throat> but at the same time, he said that Herb, Herbert Hoover was unfit because he was a Quaker. And and that and and <clears throat> that's that's the bigotry back then. They're like while they're while there's a sla- yeah. while there's slaves, they're like, oh gosh, what a bigot. Well, there's not slaves now. Oh, what year is this? Nineteen twenties uh, now. Oh, okay. Well, still. Well, that's still there's no let's there's say we're, let's say there's no there's to, to think that the, that's our top that's our number one bigoted culture. Yeah, leave the Catholics alone. A uh, religion's been through enough. Get my bags, boy. Religion's been through enough. Huey also accused Herbert Hoover of favoring Negro domination. Well, case in point. <laughs> Quote, we believe this is a white man's country and are not willing to turn it over to the Negroes. So, I, love, I love how it's turn it over. Well, is that not on, is that not on the agenda? No. It's, are you sure? No. The, Turn the, it over. The, 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 I love how, the, how white people always feel like the threat coming, and that threat is white people. <laughs> it's like, that's you. you so wor- There's no boogeyman. They're like, you're the terrible yeah, thing. Yeah, you're the monster in the closet, okay? <laughs> Hilarious. When, uh, so then Huey won, winning 47 of 64 counties. Okay. A small minority of the state legislator, uh, legislature were Huey Long supporters, and he went about trying to win over the rest. Quote, he knew how to trade a cat for a cow, a cow for an elephant, and the elephant for a farm. <laughs> wow. So I think they're saying he's good at uh, yeah, getting, he's, yeah. getting stuff. Because he basically just turned a cat into a farm. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, that is cat to farm. Jose! Jose! I got some good news and some bad news. You're going to be a house. Good news me, bad news you. Uh, Fleur's for his floor leader in the Senate, Huey picked a boyhood friend and selected a big do- uh, donor to be the head of the Department of Conservation. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's cool. It's good to know that that's a tradition. <laughs> Usually the legislature picked its own committee chairman and members, but Huey selected every member of every committee, and he forced them to pick another friend of his childhood as chairman of the House Appropriations Committee. That's that's kind of what happens though, right? It's like you slow, slowly but surely. It's just like one asshole breaks the mold, and then people are like, then, "Oh, I didn't know that was oh, we were we doing can, that. Oh, oh we're we can, doing that. Oh, okay, oh, all right." He forced the old regular legislators off from powerful committee chairmanships and put them in meaningless committees. Uh, Harry Gamble, who was recently elected to the legislature, said Huey was another Mussolini. Good. Huey removed Gamble from his position as state inheritance. Inheritance tax attorney, which came with a salary of fifteen thousand a year, which is a lot back yeah. then. Hussolini. Hussolini. He gave the job. Huey gave the job to his brother. Okay. Good lord. When he campaigned, adorable. <clears throat> when he campaigned, uh, he had promised to just get rid of the position and use that fifteen k to build a tuberculosis hospital. Well, you know, but once you're on the other side. Uh, so after he appointed his brother, a New Orleans newspaper published a photograph of Huey's brother with the caption underneath, New Lakefront TB Hospital. <laughs> now that translates. <laughs> that still works. Huey was unapologetic about what he was doing. I had promised my people that I would put this gang of bosses and plunderbund pie eaters out of control of the Democratic Party as quick as I could. What? Pie, well, plunder bund pie eaters. Plun, okay, let's start at the top. Go ahead. Plunder bund? Yes! Like, any idea? Yeah, it's a thing that you put in a hat. <laughs> I mean, but any idea? Plunder? Well, plunder, I mean, we know plunder, plunder we know bun. Bund. Bund. Oh. B-U-N-D. 
Plunderbund. Plunderbund? Now I'm gone. I'm lost. Yeah, no, we're I'm all lost. I'm already lost. Pie eaters we get. But yeah, but still, how is it like it, pie eaters being like a, a pie eaters, metaphor for like gluttony? Or, yeah, for like uh, sitting around and co- just corruption. There, yeah, right, corruption. Okay. Yeah. Right, Um <clears throat> Huey fired 73 New Orleans dock board employees and 80 out of 100 Highway Commission speed cops and replaced them with his own men. Wow. In his first few weeks in office, he kicked out every major and minor employee whose job he controlled. That's crazy. Thousands of state workers in the Highway Commission, the State Board of Health, the Hospital Board, and the Orleans Levy Board. Everywhere he fired people, and he put his own guys in the jobs. It just like I I know that now that doesn't seem crazy, but it does seem crazy that then it's crazy, but Mm, it sort of happens. You do it with a a little more caution. It's definitely like it, behind closed doors, yeah. yeah. Um, he uh, he also made his new appointees sign undated letters of resignation. Oh my god! So if he ever want to fire them, he would just pull out the letter and put a date in. Is the, like, does that have anything that because of their government positions? Yeah. Oh wow, that's genius. <laughs> Isn't that genius? Evil genius, yeah. but genius regardless. Completely evil genius. He would go <clears throat> to the Louisiana Senate and House while they were in session. And bully the legislatures with quote frown stinging jokes and foul mouth threats. One day he stormed into a committee hearing and a senator threw a copy of the Louisiana Constitution at his head, yelling, Maybe you've heard of this book. <laughs> and Huey picked it up, looked at the title, and said, I'm the Constitution now. Oh, snap. <laughs> I don't know if that's a snap uh, as much as that's, uh, well, what? Well, I, not, I can I'm see. i scared? I, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like I can see that. Like that's, so, if someone says that, you're like, uh, no. Well, no, that's no. not. No. Have you ever heard of this? I'm the Constitution now. <laughs> what? No, the Constitution is like a written thing. You're dope. <laughs> what? You're shooting, you're shooting into the air? Everyone get down. I'm the Constitution. <laughs> Move, move, move! Uh, Huey signed only. This the- is the Constitution. Hello, <laughs> Constitution here. Yeah, table of five. The name, Constitution. Wait, the Constitution? Yes, the Constitution of America. Table of five. Okay, I'm the Constitution I get, now. I get it. I get it. I get it. Could you call the police? There's a crazy person here. We'll have the clam chowder, and what else do you guys want to split? Huey signed only the bills proposed by his supporters. He created the Bureau of Criminal Identification. They were a separate force from sheriffs, police, constables. Cool, cool. cool. Totally cool. Because it doesn't seem like a saturated pool already. It's totally cool. <laughs> we, you know what we need is just another group of guys running around. Let, let's, have an, let's have a new form of authority. Yeah, we need something else. We just love uniforms. The sheriff, the police, and the constables aren't quite doing it. They're good. They had the power to make arrests anywhere in the state of Louisiana without warrants. Could they arrest constables? Well, it's not like they can arrest anybody. That's so great. Why are you arresting me? Why not? Because uh, I can. You got a white liver. Can prove it. Later. Huey vetoed all the Public Service Commission's funding because he did not like two of the members. Good. Well, that's smart but in that's, the long that's run. That's like what we have now. Oh, completely. <clears throat> the superintendent of the state-run charity hospital in New Orleans was ordered to resign because his father was an attorney for Standard Oil and known as anti-Huey Long. Okay. 
Huey said, quote, No music ever sounded one half so refreshing as the whines and moans of pie eaters when shoved away from the pie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's pretty good. Yeah, that's funny. Very I mean you can, yeah. No, my pie, my pie. <laughs> you just see the guy. My pie. No! I love pie. Let me give it away now. He fired a Okay, so he's driving through this town. There's the guy that runs the drawbridge, right? You're fired. He he I somehow, He's so trumpy with all the firing, too. Oh my god. He somehow finds out the guy was a friend of a senator who is anti-Huey. So it's just a guy working in a drawbridge. A guy. Who's a friend of a, a senator. A man who's allowed to have free thoughts. And he had him fired. He put twenty-three of of his relatives on the state payroll. Newspapers then published the names of the relatives he hired, and Huey just said the list was incomplete. <laughs> Quote. I would have placed more of them on the payroll if some of them were not being housed and fed at the state penitentiary. Oh, my God. The only <laughs> thing that's stopping the hirings is that they're in jail? I love that he's just like, I don't give a fuck! Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he then ordered the chairman of the tax commission to raise the property assessments on the three New Orleans newspapers that had run the story and the lists. Oh, my God. <laughs> He, there's no out of bounds. No, there's no out of bounds. He also wouldn't move into the governor's mansion because, quote, it was full of damn rats and the creaking floors kept him awake at night. Okay. Huey had the state board. Not of, a lot of people do that. No, they don't. I won't go there. <clears throat> Huey had a. Uh, uh, we're not going to do the White House. We're doing an Airbnb down the street. <laughs> yeah, it's not. He had the State Board of Liquidation grant a $150,000 loan to build a new mansion, but then found out the state legislature had to approve it. So, Oh, God. Huey called the warden of a nearby state penitentiary who sent over a bunch of convicts who demolished the mansion. Oh, my God. When Huey was criticized for having it torn down, he The said, governor's mansion? Yeah. So he just... Sorry. Just yeah. because what oh, you're saying is insane... <laughs> Uh, this, the, he, he called, he could, so he, since they won't, he needs their approval. He didn't even try to get their approval. No, he hasn't even asked he just yet. Saw that he, he knows to... that he needs it. Yeah. So he calls a warden who sends convicts over and yeah. they destroy the old governor's mansion. Yeah. And then he's like, well, now we need a new one. <laughs> That's pretty much it. I don't, I, I can't tell what I'm feeling for this guy. Fortunately, there's already a loan that's been, uh, you know. You know, funnily enough, I saw this coming. Huh. <laughs> Let's call it political forethought. What are you doing, Jose? Do you, is it, am I in your bed area? Is that he definitely doing? wants to get up hey, here. Hey, Jose. Okay, you want to come up? Yeah. Okay, move, move down a little. He'll do that, right. I bet you. you, wanna, you wanna but then he'll right definitely there? try to get on the table. <clears throat> you want to sit right there? Come here, bud. Bring it. Well, don't sit there and look at me all weird and then I'll come up. He'll get up. All right. So uh, <clears throat> so then he said, when he was criticized about it, he said, quote, I can see where the criticism is sound. It sure. Rem- it reminds me of the old man who keeps a boarding house. When one guest complains that the towel is dirty, he says, people have been wiping their hands on that towel for a month without complaining. I don't see what's the matter with you. So he's comparing, uh, the, he's comparing the governor's mansion to a dirty towel. Right. <clears throat> Fair? Completely reasonable. It doesn't. I don't see a lot of parallels. First of all, you can't wash a towel. You got to tear it down. I didn't. That towel was dirty. So instead of washing it, I had six convicts come over here and destroy it. Huey passed his free books for school children bill, but two rich counties got restraining orders to stop the distribution of the textbooks in their counties. Okay. The Shreveport mayor. 
Was that is the reason just because they're c- pushing back on him? Because mm-hmm. screw him. No, no. there's an actual. No, you're about to tell me a fact that's going to make me go, oh, whoa. Shreveport Mayor Wet Jug Thompson. Okay, all right. Okay, sorry, buddy. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. Um, <clears throat> yes. Rough, rough and pleasant was our winner. But that was his real name. This is more of a nickname situation. And can I have it one more time? Yes. Uh, it is uh, <laughs> Wet Jug Thomas. <laughs> sorry, Wet Jug Thomas. Wet Jug Thomas. Okay. His so ju- hey. His jugs were wet. Oh, God. Have you met his brother (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt? Wet Jug Thomas said, quote, We are not going to be humiliated or disgraced. I'm sorry. What did Wet Jug say? (laughs) We're not going to be humiliated? Me and dipshit Andrews over here, we're not going to be made fools. You don't invite Wet Jug and dipshit to something and then make them appear to be clowns. Now, get the small car eight of us can fit in. We are not going to be humiliated or disgraced by having it advertised that our children had to be given books for free. Well, that is insane. <laughs> that is just... Who? Who? Rich people. It's, it, That's rich people thinking. It's insane. Wet Jug. You idiot. Shocking but, that a guy named Wet Jug is an idiot. But when Shreveport needed the governor's approval to give 80 acres of state land to the army for a new airfield, Huey wouldn't give it until they accepted the textbooks. Wow. Until they actually take the textbooks, yeah. he's... <laughs> Quote, I didn't coerce them. I stomped them into distributing the books. Fair. 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 For poor families, the textbooks made a huge difference. Previously, their kids couldn't go to school because they couldn't afford the textbooks. School attendance increased by 15000 Well, that's good. Huey then went after the oil companies. He called a special session to propose a new processing tax. Is is he like a Trump that has good, he like wants? We'll we'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, He called a special session to propose a new processing tax on refined oil. He estimated it would give the schools $5,000 per day. The Standard Oil president set up an office in Baton Rouge, and Huey said, quote, Standard Oil brought enough bribe money to burn a wet mule. All right. Another beautiful phrase from that era. So I guess he's saying that that there's so much money that you put it in a pile, and then you put a wet mule on top of the pile, and the mule would burn. Right, because it's a fire. Nah, still not hitting with me. <laughs> Sorry, Hugh. One representative said, quote, you could pick up fifteen or twenty thousand dollars any evening. Wow. Okay. So they're just dropping fucking money everywhere. Good. How Good. how how American. Yeah. Standard Oil said they would have to shut down the operations in Baton Rouge if the tax uh happened. Still being attacked by newspapers, Huey threatened a Baton Rouge newspaper publisher. Quote if the city's newspapers do not lay off me, I'm going to publish a list of the names of people who have relatives in the insane asylum. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> this is crazy. It, it, I, there's this I, this dude I know one time walked, like a, uh, like a heavier dude walked into a party once, and another guy I know was there, and um, the heavier dude, when he walked in, he, uh, the, my buddy had, like, a sort of corduroy jacket with like little patches on the elbows. Like oh, a professor. Yeah, so my exactly. So my heavier buddy walks in and he just goes, hey, hey everybody, look, it's our archaeology professor. And a few people laugh. And then the other guy goes, ha, yeah, hey, look, it's a fat guy. 
Wow. And everyone was like, ow. Wow. Not, a, not as uh, good-natured fun. It's like I didn't know we were dropping atom bombs. Oh, I thought we were throwing uh, water balloons. And Sorry. You brought, a, you brought a hammer. Sorry. You brought an Uzi to a snowball fight. That is <laughs> – but that's the same thing here. It's like, well, we won't do it. It's like, oh, well, I'll just tell everyone your personal business. It's like, well, no, okay. Uh, um, that's personal. Well, so the reason he's doing this is because he was specifically threatening one publisher – who had a brother in an insane asylum due to shell shock from serving in World War One? That's embarrassing. Well, and then Huey took it further, saying in a speech, "quote They say I made a terrible offense, offense because they say the insanity of this young man, the brother of Manship, is due to shell shock in World War Two. Oh, sorry, World War One. That ain't so." It is due to venereal disease, the uh, records show. Did uh, you ever hear of shell shock causing syphilis? What? So. He just goes. So the guy's in there for shell shock. And, and he's like, it's his dick. It, yeah, basically. His dick's all fucked up. He's not a hero. He's got a weird penis now. But I have never. I mean, the question is valid. I have never heard of shell shock causing syphilis. No. But I also I'm not. What shell shock curing causing? How I'm not a doctor. <laughs> no, that would be like if I could like look into your eyes and give you AIDS. That's something that can happen. Oh God, we just had eye contact. It's terrible. Wait, do you have AIDS? I have HIV. Wait. Huh? <laughs> All Louisiana newspapers started calling for an investigation of Huey, saying he should be impeached. Okay. <laughs> Is that weird? Uh, that's not weird. What's weird is that I'm sure he's going to be like, well, you should all eat grenade pies. Eat grenade puddings. <laughs> grenade pies. <laughs> a group known as the Dynamite Squad, which uh, was made up of old Louisiana aristocratic families and uh, those friendly with the old regulars faction in New Orleans, drafted 19 allegations against Huey. Okay. They included trying to arrange a murder. <laughs> he tried to That's arrange- a great Netflix they, show. They- <laughs> Really good. I thought that was on ABC. Oh, is it? I forget. It's a reality show. That's right. Trying to arrange a murder. <laughs> they, uh, is this I, legal? We should pitch that. Oh, God. <laughs> so basically, it's a show where eight people compete over murdering the host. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. We're going to need a new host every year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... So they so there's 19 allegations. One of them is murder, murder, and potentially the guy that he they say he tried to arrange a murder of was the son of the guy he fought in the elevator. Oh wow! Oh okay. So jeez, I mean, he really took that elevator fight to heart. Oh, he does not care for it. Uh, also, bribery, carrying concealed weapons, and going to a party a stripper was at. Oh, boy, that's a. I mean, Th- there's a there's a. A pretty big drop off. Yeah, uh, yeah, they really yeah towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, murder, bribery, carrying uh, weapons, and then he saw some titties. Yeah, uh, so in a, in a place with other. Fellas. Should we lose number nineteen? No, no. Okay, no, I yeah, I think nineteen's a good number. I agree, nineteen's a good number. That's the one that puts him away. Okay. Uh, Huey had his legislative floor leaders move for indefinite adjournment instead. Okay, so smart. He, <laughs> He indefinitely didn't know that was an option. Okay, necessarily. no more legislature. I'm sorry. Is We're that, out. Uh, no, no, no. We're out. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> We're not working anymore. Everybody, take a nice holiday. That is amazing. Yeah, we're done. It's over. Had a good run. So it worked. 
Oh, my God. Then the House and Senate members who had voted against the adjournment noticed votes were incorrectly tallied, and a huge brawl erupted in the legislature. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Fights broke out all over the chamber. Representatives wrestled on the floor, knocking over inkstands, books, and desks. Members <laughs> used brass knuckles during the brawl. Wow. So, uh, so it's like a... Kind of It's like a awesome street fight. With, with ink... It's like a Zack Snyder movie, like ink just sort of like suspended in midair while like senators and you know just beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. One legislator tried to run to the speaker's platform, but was tackled and he hit his head. Blood poured from his wound. The session became known as Bloody Monday. Wow. What, what the hell was he going to say up there? I don't know. Stop? Maybe. maybe Anything maybe, short of stop was useless. Maybe hit the gavel. Honestly, useless. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Another guy's like, you're not calling order. Yeah. <clears throat> Impeachment uh, proceedings move forward. The Louisiana legislature accused Huey of, quote, incompetency, corruption, favoritism, oppression in office, gross misconduct, carrying a concealed weapon, violently abusing citizens, visiting him on public business. <laughs> Okay, well, let's put a pin in that one. <laughs> Gross misconduct in public places, repeatedly appearing on the floor of the House of Representatives, illegally influencing the judiciary, offering bribes to legislators, using the militia unlawfully to pillage private property, improperly <laughs> spending state money, purchasing a $20,000 ice machine for the state penitentiary. <laughs> the vending machine. Without asking for bids. Fondling a New Orleans nightclub stripper. And <laughs> that, that's that one again. Yeah. And uttering blasphemous and sacrilegious expressions by comparing himself to the Savior. I mean, good lord, so, hell of a list. Yeah, he fucking hit him with it. Yeah, it's a lot of shit. I, but the fa- the best. Very way- few actual crimes, I think, though. No, right? It like, like, like today. It. Huey started a flyer campaign. Nine hundred thousand uh, were mailed out, titled "The Cross of Gold: Standard Oil Company versus Huey P. Long." Right. So he's blaming the he, oil. Right. Yeah. Us. He's he's going anti-establishment. Right. I never uh, have rested since I became governor. I will not now. I would rather go down to a thousand impeachments than to admit that I am the governor of the state that does not dare to call the Standard Oil Company to account so that we can educate our children and care for the destitute, sick, and afflicted. Wow. It's mm-hmm. so... We, we actually There was actually a time when someone uh, fought against oil companies. Yeah. I know. Now, you know, I was thinking that the other day, like, what I... What I Look, these places that are ruining the world, like oil companies and like Coke industry, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever the places, they sh- I, look, have your way, ruin our lives, be the worst. No more commercials that pretend like you're great. Oh, God, okay, you, you don't, you don't get any more commercials that pretend like you're helping me. No more like kids in fields like spinning of Chevron. Uh, yeah, we're making trees. Yeah, BP, you're welcome. It's like no, no, what? <laughs> What world do I live in you're where you're, like, telling me that I owe you? Go fuck yourself. Uh, so, um, using bribes, Huey got enough legislators to throw out all the charges against him. Jeez. Of one House member, Huey said, quote, I bought and paid for him like you would a sack of potatoes. Oh, my God. Dude. That's so weird. My name is Sack of Potatoes. <laughs> I'm rough and pleasant. Wet jugs. 
Uh, a truce was called between the old guard and Huey. He promised not to pursue the oil processing tax or increase business taxes, and they wouldn't use the legislator legislature to try to take him down. Okay, good. So politics in motion. Huey then fired dozens of relatives of the legislators who voted against him who worked oh. in state jobs. <laughs> oh, wow. Jeez. <laughs> because the fight's not with them, right? Yeah, the yeah, guys. yeah. And then he just fucking... <laughs> <laughs> That'll stop him. Yeah. Then the uh, stock market crash hit. To prevent a run on banks, Huey sat in one of the Baton Rouge. Is it Baton Rouge? Baton Rouge, yeah. Baton Rouge. Banks. And when the first customer came in, Huey looked at him and said, You insist on drawing out your 18000 and I'll insist on drawing out the state's 265000 and I get first draw, so there'll be nothing left for you. You agree to leave yours in, and I'll leave the state's money in, and nobody will be just. I'm staying right here till closing time at noon in case anybody else wants to draw out. Wow. So he's <laughs> across the country, over 4,000 banks closed in Louisiana, seven. So, and the, and the, re, the reason is because people were just like, get their, you want, they wanted their money out immediately. He would take the right, but money he, out first and then there would be no money. Right. But his, the reason why he, he curbed that is because he was like, well, with no money, you can't get money. Yeah. Right. Look, I'm, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. All right. Deal. The Louisiana House was doing Huey's bidding. They passed a $68 million road construction bill, approved increased school funding, a one-cent gasoline tax increase, $5 million for a new Capitol building, and $7 million for a New Orleans bridge. Huey promised that a wave of prosperity would come. Quote, growth will be almost magic. Growth is going to be magic. Yeah. It's going to be so magical, you're not even going to believe in magic anymore. magic. Um, unbelievable magic. And then he t- took a hat out and yeah. threw glitter. Make America the, magic oh, again. Rabbit came. Yeah, out. yeah. This, this is this is America. All a right. rabbit. All right. America's a rabbit. America coming out of a hat. You don't even understand. The new governor's mansion was finally finished at a cost of one hundred and fifty thousand. But Huey kept living in the Baton Rouge Hotel instead. Wow. That's my favorite. Uh, uh, he just did it to fucking do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, all he really did was he got a bunch of rats without homes. Now, and he probably got some friends jobs. Yeah, contractors, and yeah. and I'll tell you what, those convicts had a hell of an afternoon. Oh my god, <laughs> you've seen uh, Shawshank Redemption. It's like yeah, it's like when they're on the roof. Yeah, right? when they get the beer. Yeah, <clears throat> he then had a half a million dollar Huey P. Long field house built at LSU. Louisiana State University, mm-hmm. with a dance hall, a soda fountain, and a pool 180 feet long. Okay. When he found out the pool was not the biggest in the country, it was 10 feet short. No. He ordered it torn up and lengthened until it was the biggest. He or he? Do you have to? That's what? That's just crazy. <laughs> they forgot to put in drains. <clears throat> so they so had the world's biggest bath. Yeah. The world's filthiest bath. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So what is that? That you get? What is that's like a disposable swimming pool? <laughs> I don't know what you do. Twenty with. swims. <laughs> How does that work? Until it's brown. Uh, he created the largest university marching band in the nation, two hundred fifty members, and personally chose the majorettes and cheerleaders. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah, that's. Mm. I handpick them. Hey, uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, just take off your dress? Wait, what? Yep. No, but I'm here to, for, to be... I'm he, here to march. Huey's going to put his uh, penis in his hand. Excuse me? And you're going to go do your little jumpy jumps. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a marcher. Jumpy jumps! I'm not a cheerleader. I'm Huey? Yes. I'm in charge of everything. Okay. Yeah, your dad's fired. Uh, no, here. Uh, here, here. No, I'm good. Here, no, look. It's here. too late. Right, this is as bad your as... family is destitute. Oh, my God. 
Being banned. But the band did not perform to his expectations. So no, we're near good enough. Fired the director and placed him with, replaced him with a friend. You direct it. <laughs> you do it. In 1931, LSU spent $14,345 for the band, but only 837 on its law school and $493 on its graduate that school. That is, I mean, what? <laughs> but the band was great! <laughs> That's like the North Korean philosophy of finances. It totally is. <laughs> Or America. Yeah. Or America in 20 years. <clears throat> For or four no. months, he had uh, four-star L- LSU players, football players, live in the mansion and fed them steaks and milkshakes twice a day to fatten them up. Come on, you guys need to be really, Eat. really fat. Eat! Go fighting cholesterols. At night, Huey brought the players into a huge ballroom in the mansion and set up chairs... And then he'd run between them to show the football place he had designed. What? Dude, this is that's so foxcatchery. What? Those players are like, dude, hey, buddy, is this honestly worth staking a milkshake? This dude's out of his tits. I mean, what is happening now? Okay, then I'm thinking we do a whole new sort of sweep. A whole, so you run it out, then you button hook it. Okay, here, I'll do all the plays. You guys sit there. Remember this stuff. I'm a governor. I'm a governor. Remember this stuff. But the halfback, you're faking it. You don't have it. You're like this. Okay? But then, right? But running back, you don't have it either. Quarterback still has it. Wide receiver blocking like this, right? Down like this. You guys know how it works. And then you guys, does anyone want another, another milkshake? Is everybody got milkshakes? Okay, good. Now the offensive line, this is where it gets interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Next, Huey started calling himself the Kingfish. <sighs> <laughs> he often answered the phone with, this is the kingfish. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have let you drink. Uh, oh, that really burned my nostrils. What? Uh, sorry. No, I'm looking. Uh, sorry. I'm not trying to order a bunch of lobster. This is a wrong number, I guess. No, no, no. Yeah, go ahead. You're talking to the kingfish. Uh, mm-hmm. What? Sorry? Kingfish, go. Go for kingfish. I'm sorry. I don't understand. I'm trying to call... Yeah. The... You're talking to the kingfish. I'm looking for the governor. Right! Yeah. Kingfish! I'll call back. I am the kingfish. I'm hanging up for sure. Goodbye! Vanity Fair wrote what that the Louisiana kingfish had a, quote, big mouth, feeds off suckers, thrives best in mud and slime, and is very hard to catch. Oh, so that, he he's embracing his... It's <laughs> pretty accurate. In 1930, Huey decided to run for the U.S. Senate. He easily won. But he left the Senate seat vacant for nine months because he was worried that the lieutenant governor would roll back his policies once he left for Washington. So he literally wouldn't leave? He wouldn't leave the state. He did what he did in the bank, but with the entire state. (laughs) Pretty much. Wow. The Senate. Nine months. Then, in the fall of 1931, the lieutenant governor got an anti-Huey judge to swear him in as governor... And then he said that a Baton Rouge hotel was the new governor headquarters. Right. <laughs> so he always said he was still governor because he had still not taken the oath of office as a U.S. senator. 
Oh, uh, he, he then called was, out. Was the Senate at any point like, you, hello? Hey, guy! Sort of a, he's a thing. He then called out the National Guard to secure the capital city. <laughs> oh, my God. And declared that the lieutenant governor had vacated his office by taking the oath for the governorship. Uh, uh, the courts agreed, and the president of the state senate became the lieutenant governor. So that, that that's guy a Huey tried, guy. The guy who tried to make a play for governor is right. now totally out of a job. Is now... And now that his friend was ready to succeed him, Huey resigned as governor and went to Washington. Wow. I mean, that is... <clears throat> I would I would fall in line if I were everyone else. Yeah, I'm getting in line. This is how fascism is. Yeah, yeah. Everyone in the U.S. Senate usually wore a black suit, and smoking was not permitted. So, on his so, first day... Huey got a purple suit and started smoking! <laughs> on his first day, he rolled in wearing a gray suit and smoking a big cigar. <laughs> hey, boys! Sorry it took me a pregnancy to get here! <laughs> he put the burning cigar on a senator's desk while he took the oath of office. Pardon me, loser! Huey didn't show much respect to the institution. If a senator was speaking and Huey was interested, he would sit right up front and watch intently. But if he was bored, he would roam around the chamber, spinning a pencil between his fingers, and start talking to anyone walking by. So what are you doing? <laughs> so oh, bored. I'm just kingfishing. Oh, cool, yeah. yeah. Well, you should keep your voice down. We're trying to yeah. pay attention. Kingfish! That's me. I'm the kingfish. Shh, Say shh, it. No. Say it. Kingfish. Say Kingfish. There you go. Shut Say up. a little bit louder. Please. Say it to the kingfish louder. Uh, shut up. Say it to the kingfish louder. Kingfish. Why is this guy yelling? Excuse me, sir. Quiet in the back. I don't know. This guy's yelling kingfish. Not him, you. The kingfish. What'd you say? Oh, my God. Everyone, so he, oh, right. Uh, he didn't inspect it. He walked around talking to everybody. Um... He rarely attended committee meetings. Of the 137 days of the session, he was absent for 81. Wow. <laughs> That's, That's a, a heavy yeah, percent. Heavy. On, uh, April, not a lot of work when you think about how no, many days they're actually working. Not really that yeah. much. April 4th, 1932, Harvey, Harvey Huey gave his first speech. He called for limiting all fortunes to $100 million and dividing up the remaining millions amongst the poor. Hmm. The speech was titled The Doom of America's Dream. He read stats and argued corporate monopoly and inequality were the cause of the Depression and said that there must be drastic redistribution of wealth. Okay. <laughs> this is what keeps happening. Yeah. I have a love-hate. He introduced an anti-monopoly bill and proposed a 65% surtax on incomes above $2 million. The Senate did not like this idea. No one in the Senate backed him. The other senators began to shun him. Then Huey discovered the filibuster. Oh my God! When he's uh, oh, what did you call it? What's that made-up word you just said? The filibuster, Huey. You don't know about it? What's the filibuster? You can just sit there and talk and delay any bill. You can talk and talk and talk. Why are you making that noise? Oh, I thought I was just hearing that. I was doing it. So, on May 16th, he <laughs> filibustered for three hours, telling funny stories. Anyway, that's enough about Carl. In June, he delayed a bill that increased income tax rates. Crowds started coming to the Senate to watch Huey's filibusters. Oh, my God. Once the presiding officer threatened to clear the galleries because the crowd was laughing so much. Uh, it's like he's doing stand-up. Yeah, that's great. Huey said, quote, when the people go to the circus, they ought to be allowed to laugh at the monkey. Ah, uh, they're like, God, don't talk he, to him. Uh, He's very good. He's very good. 
So in Louisiana, Huey's plans were all happening. He built a modern highway system, many new bridges, new schools, gave away free textbooks, free reading classes for illiterate adults, doubled state charity hospitals, built the new state capital, added thousands of extra state workers. Unfortunately, this drained the state in the middle of the Depression. So in May of 1932, Huey told the governor to propose the state's first income tax. Oh, boy. Even though he's just fought against it at the state level, but uh-huh. he just basically does anything at the time uh-huh. that works. Right. Whatever's shiniest. Incomes over 2000 would be taxed 1%. Another amendment increased sales tax. Incomes over, over 200000 2000 2000 Yeah. Wow. Another amendment. Well, it's not. It's, that's a lot. I, Is I it a lot? I don't, know how much, I don't know how much that would be back then. Maybe we'll look it up at the end. Yeah. Another amendment increased sales taxes on cigarettes, gasoline, soft drinks, dairy products, chain stores, and business franchises. The taxes were passed overwhelmingly. Huey backed FDR's presidential run. Apparently, Huey stirred shit up. Roosevelt's campaign manager said, quote, On one or two occasions, he narrowly missed getting into fistic encounters. With FDR? No. With oh, with others people. just on his behalf. Yeah, yeah okay. He also called Huey... <laughs> said that'd be an awkward fight. Yeah. He also called Huey, quote, somewhat of a freak. Wow. Roosevelt called Huey one of the two most dangerous men in the country. The other was Douglas MacArthur. Okay. But Huey campaigned for Roosevelt and was very effective. Huey wasn't uh, all that impressed with FDR. He told a friend, quote, Roosevelt's a phony. I can outpromise him and he knows it. People will believe me and they won't believe him. His mother's watching him and she won't let him go too far. He's living on inherited income. Wow. Yeah. That's the, okay. He's basically saying a rich guy can't. Do yeah, this. yeah. One day before the inauguration, Huey barged into a meeting room of Roosevelt's associates and said, I don't like you and your goddamn banker friends. And then he left. <laughs> All right, later. I have a 1230. God damn it. I've been waiting to say this for a while. <laughs> I gotta do that more often. Right? Just walk into rooms and say that. Huey spent his time in the Senate insulting legislat- legislators he didn't like. He imitated their speech and the way they talked. He went after one senator for not paying his bills. He talked about a fistfight another senator had lost at a golf club eight years before. Jeez, this is so familiar. <laughs> that is crazy. He introduced more and more wealth-sharing bills, figuring that FDR was the real deal, he would back them. But FDR didn't. Hardly any of the other senators backed Huey. He finally started attacking the Roosevelt administration on the floor of the Senate. And then Huey started opposing all of FDR's proposals. Okay. He voted against all farm, banking, and economic recovery bills of the New Deal. Wow. Uh... Okay, interesting. I mean, okay, go ahead. Quote, every fault of socialism is found in these bills without one of its virtues. Every crime of a monarchy is in here. He would use the filibuster to try to stop... History will prove him right. Yeah, he would use the filibuster to try to stop them slowing down Social Security and many other programs. Then he was at a Long Island black tie party in August 1933 when he got into a fistfight in the men's bathroom. (laughs) Ow. According to his bodyguard, quote, he was always kind of sloppy, and that night he'd been drinking. He went to the restroom and then to the urinal. A guy was standing next to him. It was an accident. Huey just swung it too far and hit the fellow's shoe, and the guy socked him. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, wow. He's so drunk, he's swinging his dick he's around. He's pissing beating, on his shoes. And he pissed on another guy, and I punched him. All right, look, I think you have every right to fight a man if he pisses <laughs> on your shoes. A couple of months later, Huey was on tour in Louisiana to build support for his new taxes when he went 
to the South Louisiana State Fair, expecting 20,000 people, but only 8,000 showed up. And they hissed and booed and heckled him over what was called the Long Island Affair. Oh, it's uh, so poly- oh, Good lord! I think and I, I, there's so much stuff to get upset with a guy about. <laughs> but I think I think it might have been that he was at right. So he's a populist, right? But there he is at a big fancy party. Oh, that was sort of the angle was that he wasn't so he's the everyman. Big, I think so. Right? I, okay. I, I, I'm guessing. That's yeah, because I, I would. You would imagine in this era, nobody would care about getting their shoes pissed on. Right, but. I, I just I, that, that's all I can imagine. That right, it is. that was the issue. Or maybe it's that everyone was just mad he pissed on some guy's shoe. Yeah, like, maybe it's, or maybe line. it's a combo. That was the luck. The idea that you're there is disgusting, but the fact that you can't find the urinal hole. You know in the south that shoes are wonderful. <laughs> uh, so people then heckled him at another uh, county fair, and at another speech, he was forced to leave the stage as the audience threw rotten eggs and vegetables at him. Mm. Thing about throwing rotten eggs is you really that's like a you've got to plan that. You really do. <laughs> no, not those ones. It's not spontaneous. Not those ones. Hey, Jimmy, there's a pile of rotten eggs over here, right? There's yeah, yeah. Ones. I'm gonna go see uh, uh, Huey speak soon, so I'm gonna I gotta keep those. Nice, they're nice and rotty. I'm keeping them in the sun. Nice and rotty. Uh, Huey continued to be heckled and booed at events into November. At this point. Seeing he was becoming weak, the old regulars of New Orleans decided to cut all political ties with Huey. A group of Huey's opponents then burned an effigy under a banner reading Long Island Huey. <laughs> he really shouldn't have gone to that party. Oh, bad idea. He responded by screwing up the New Orleans mayoral election, disqualifying thousands of voters. The mayor wasn't pleased. He told reporters, quote, if I see Huey Long, I'm going to beat him up. <laughs> but... But Huey was going national. This was no longer just about Louisiana. He went back to the Senate and spoke about his share our wealth plan. Quote, it is impossible for the United States to preserve itself as a republic or as a democracy when 600 families own more of this nation's wealth. In fact, twice as much as all the balance of the people put together, et cetera, in honor of, right? He's a total hippie. Yeah, I mean, but that is, that is, uh, yeah, that's interesting time. He was also now arguing for a $30 pension for needy people over 60, cutting work hours to 30 a week, launching a war on disease, insanity, and drug addiction, eliminating agriculture overproduction, and making college education free. And killing this guy's brother. And killing that guy's brother. And grabbing a, grabbing a strip of his boobies. Uh, excuse me. That's legal. As a matter of fact, everybody has to do it. Give everybody me a t- five, age five and up. Huey invented the locker room bill. <laughs> When Huey asked how he would pull this off, he answered that he would attack Wall Street millionaires and confiscate their money. Okay. Oh, end quote. I'd cut their nails and file their teeth and let them live. Cut their nails. So he, like cut their na- physically so, turning so, them into the animals that they are, I believe. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought we were... Okay. I was thinking back to possum times. Possum times? Yeah, when you cut off the possum's tail around its head. Oh, or whatever the fuck yeah. that was. No, I think this is a little bit worse. Yeah. He also said he was going to, quote, hit the roof with an axe. I kind of like that saying. Well, okay, so he's going to break through? He's going he's gonna to fuck up the top. Oh, okay. <clears throat> oh, I, like, I do like that one. Mm-hmm. Critics said the Share Our Wealth plan was a, quote, monstrous and tragic joke. Huey copyrighted the slogan, Every Man a King, and asked millions of radio listeners to join up. Huey said 8 million had joined 27,000 local clubs by 1935. 
He used his Senate mailing privileges to send copies of his speeches to members. He had a regular radio audience of 25 million. Oh, jeez. This was more than the president and all senators combined. <laughs> Huey Long was a national and growing force. Oh, boy. In Louisiana, things were heating up. Huey's governor consolidated even more power, taking over school boards, utility, uh, utilities, election boards, and more. Standard Oil said it would move its refinery from Louisiana due to the taxes. And Huey responded, quote, If they gotta leave, they can go to hell and stay there. <laughs> His uh, Louisiana political opponents then formed a paramilitary organization called the Square Deal Association. They formed a paramilitary? Okay. Well, they're living in a dictatorship. Yeah. Okay. In January 1935, 200 armed square dealers took over the courthouse of East Baton Rouge County. Huey had the governor call out the National Guard. He declared martial law, banned public gatherings of two or more people, and forbid the of publication two or more people and forbid the publication of criticism of state officials. Wow, that's very that's Wait, martial law with that's, some wrinkles. Well, now it's Iraq under Saddam. Yeah, Iraq. right. Yeah, right. Yeah, the, yeah. The square dealers left the courthouse, but it wasn't over. Uh, the next day, there the next morning, there was a short uh, armed battle at the Baton Rouge airport. Okay. Tear gas was thrown, and one person was wounded. Half of the square dealers surrendered, while the rest ran into the woods behind the airport and escaped. Legislative sessions were now a complete joke. It no longer looked anything like a democratic government. One observer called it, quote, Professor Long's puppet show in which the legislators danced, bobbed, pirouetted, and stood at attention in mechanical blank obedience to every yank of the strings. Okie dokie. One New Orleans rep attended a session so drunk he couldn't stand at his desk. <laughs> and then... He's got to get one of those standing desks. <laughs> the, all the rage. And then Huey decided to run for president. Oh, jeez. He ran against Roosevelt and the crowds started turning out. On April 1st, 1935, he was on the cover of Time magazine. In Iowa, he spoke to a crowd of 18,000. He told reporters, quote, I can take I can take this Roosevelt. He's scared of me. I can outpromise him and he knows it. I love how outpromise is like I, I that what he's saying there is like he'll do more. But he's, that, say, he's saying Roosevelt is while he's promising all these, uh, you know, social uh, programs to make things better. He's also because he's rich, still beholden to that side of things as well. He's saying. I he, will. He's the guy. Right. Not the real deal. Yeah. Screw the new deal. Take the real deal. Oh, look at you. I should have worked for him. <laughs> Huey had a uh, long-term plan that he told his close supporters. He, or another third-party candidate, would take enough left-wing votes from Roosevelt in 1936, which would let a Republican win. Uh-huh. Then, because the economy would still be a mess in 1940, that would allow Huey to become the Democratic nominee. Oh, boy. Quote, I defy any son of a bitch to get me out under four terms. <sighs> That's tough to hear. FDR wrote, quote, Long plans to be a candidate, Huey Long, mm-hmm. Long plans to be a candidate of the Hitler type for presidency in 1936. He thinks he will have 100 votes at the Democratic convention. Then he will set up as an independent with Southern and Midwestern progressives. Thus, he hopes to defeat the Democratic Party and put in a reactionary Republican. That would bring the country to a state, to such a state by 1940 that Long thinks he would be made dictator. 
There are, in fact, some Southerners looking that way and some progressives drif drifting that way. Thus, it is an ominous situation. That's crazy, though. He's just playing the disruption card. Yeah. Not surprising. As far as the Hitler comparison, Huey said, quote, Don't compare me with that so-and-so. Anybody that lets his public policies be mixed up with religious prejudice is a goddamn fool. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's uh, it. Interesting. That's all that was wrong interesting with Interesting take. Was, that he mixed it up with the religious. <laughs> and, uh, he's a little confused. I mean, he's fine. Great guy, it. though. He's fine on everything but the religious. Great guy, though. Papers called Hell of a planner. <laughs> Papers called Louisiana a ruthless dictatorship. Between August 1934 and September 1935, Huey had his reps pass 435 bills, which created some of the most repressive legislation in American history. He would even order the Supreme Court to overturn decisions he didn't like. That's so... Uh... He abolished the State Bar Association and created a new one, so now he controlled the lawyers in the state as he, well. What, he could literally like approve the lawyers? Yeah, well, he abolished it, so then he just made all the rules for lawyers. In the state. Jesus. His, his state bureaucrats taxed non-friendly corporations so they would go out of business and then gave contracts. So he's totally shifted to the dark side now. He's completely <laughs> abandoned yeah. the bridges. From a paper, quote, One man has become the power structure of an American commonwealth. Nothing like it has ever been witnessed in the nation's history. While Roosevelt said he was shocked about Huey's use of the National Guard, he said there was nothing he could do. Huey told the reporter, quote, FDR is no damn fool. He knows his place. Oh, my God. Dude, the, the, when you hear that as the president, you're like, that just... Okay. Let it go. Let it, let it go. Let it, okay. let it go. Oh, I hate him. Oh. But FDR had investigators in Louisiana trying to dig up anything they could on Huey and take him down. The president had Huey followed and his phones bucked. Now, the Square Deal paramilitary group had 5,000 members statewide. Okay. They were investigated for a plot to murder Huey, and their lawyer argued, quote, A hundred said that the bastard ought to be killed, he ought to be shot, he ought to be boiled in oil, he ought to be skinned, and so on. But as far as any plot to kill him being hatched there, that is ridiculous. Uh, it's uh, completely out of line. Uh, no. Your Honor, can we have a different attorney? Sir, uh, this one? It's not making good points. Yeah, it's, it's a little crazy, sir. Look, we said we'd pull his eyes out and stab him in the fucking heart, but nobody's actually wants to kill the fella. Yeah, I've heard nothing so far that makes me think death was on the agenda. Right. Yeah. Just fun. In September? Just some kids funnin'. Just good time. Just good time funnin'. In September 1935, Huey gerrymandered the district of Judge Benjamin Pavey so he would lose in the next election. The next day, as he was walking towards the governor's suite in the Capitol, a man stepped out from behind marble pillars, raised a pistol, and fired a shot into Huey's chest from four feet away. Huey screamed in pain and ran down the hallway toward the stairs. Huey's bodyguard shot the assassin. Then his other bodyguards stood over him and shot him 30 more times. The assassin? Yeah. Okay. And... Did he die? Yeah, he didn't make it. The assassin's dead. Okay, okay, good to know. He, yeah, his name was Carl Weiss. Huey stumbled down the stairs, holding his wound, leaving a trail of blood. There he ran into an errand boy. The boy asked, Kingfish, what's the matter? And Huey said, Jimmy, my boy, I've been shot. <laughs> like It's like a fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, that is a really weird guy. Oh, what else is up? <laughs> that No, that's the main thing we're talking about. Okay, did you get the razors? That's... I went and got him for the you. The main thing, I, Jimmy, is that I have been shot. Well, yeah, but when you're fine, you can shave your beard down. Jimmy! Pressing situation. Would you want me to go get you something? Maybe some gauze, some bandages? Jimmy. Do you want some cake? Oh, fuck, Jimmy. 
What can I do for you? Jimmy, you want to go play racquetball? Jimmy helped him into a taxi, and he was taken to a nearby hospital. Large crowds arrived at the That's hospital. That's a weird cab, too. Yeah. The hospital! Uh, oh, shit. Oh, oh, good Lord. No tip and stress. Large crowds arrived at the hospital and hung around. Huey was bleeding internally. Two surgeons were called to come from New Orleans, so they want the expert guys. Mm-hmm. But they crashed their car on the way and didn't make it. Okay. <laughs> there was a young country doctor who was the ranking physician at the hospital. Oh, boy. Oh, good Lord. Oh, this is, feels like a high-stakes oh. operation to me. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You know how my hands shake oh, whenever God. I got them? Shaking. I just don't like needles or blood. He concluded that if they didn't perform surgery immediately, Huey would die. So the country doctor scrubbed up and then botched the operation. Oh, man, I got that. It went bad. I knew it. It went real bad in there. I accidentally sliced his heart in half. For how, for how fast he died, it felt like so long. Oh, uh, my God. He died two days later. I lost my watch in him, too. <laughs> he died two days later, and his last words were, God, don't let me die. I have so much to do. Uh. The shooter had never met Huey. His father-in-law was the judge. Huey was gerrymandering from office. Uh, okay. And before that, Huey had fired his wife's uncle as principal of a high school, and he had fired his wife's sister, who was a teacher. Okay. So he decimated so the family. This guy was, yeah. Who were probably all living with the guy. Yeah. Now. So he gerrymandered his organs. <laughs> uh, so, conspiracy theories abound, including some who said uh, it was FDR who was behind it, of mm-hmm. course. 8,000 came to pay their respects, and then 200,000 went to his funeral. Okay. Uh, Huey Long created a public works program in Louisiana that was unprecedented in the South and still remains today. His, high, his night schools taught 100,000 adults to read. He built hospitals, made education more affordable, greatly built uh, up the infrastructure, increased voter registrations enormously... And he was a fucking monster. In 1993, Huey Long was inducted into the Louisiana Political Museum and Hall of Fame in Winfield, his hometown. Boy, that's a tough guy to get a read on. So, so just from a... I mean, the reason I, I waited on this one till now, because I wanted to do this one for a long time, is people don't really get what fascism is. Um, it's when someone wears, like, a new pair of pants and everybody else starts wearing them. Well, a lot of times it comes out of populism. Mm-hmm. And Trump isn't the guy you have to worry about. Yeah. The guy, the guy who's coming in four years is the guy you have to worry about. The effect. Which is truly what Trump was born out of, was this sort of effect of uh, political minds shifting. It was sort of like the right. the the way that the... Uh, Republican, the way that the Democratic Party became the Republican Party and the Republican Party sort of now became a little more fringe and sort of tried to activate um, thinkers who were more old school. And that and that has sort of created that created this like anti-government, like this, you know, anti-establishment thing. And Trump has sort of formed out of that. But I think your point, which is true, is that. Uh, the baby, you just ain't seen it, no, 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 nothing yet. It's the guy who combines everything is the guy you have to worry about. Yeah. The guy who goes, okay, I'll take a little bit of that, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. It's the the parties are, the parties that put themselves, box themselves in a corner. And Trump is, Trump is a clown. Yeah. Just, just picture Trump if he was um, an eloquent speaker. Right. He's crushing. Right. If he didn't have the weird sexual stuff and all that stuff, if he just kept up with the anti-immigrant the anti-trade, that the sort of weird populism that he's doing, if he's 
not a clown on top of that, he is annihilating in this election. So true. He's annihilating. And so he's created a roadmap for a Huey Long. He, You're right. You need, you just need the guy who won't get in his own way. Right. Yeah. The guy who won't get in his own way. Well, that's good. That's, at least we have something to look forward to. But at least a lot of people are pretending like nothing's wrong. <laughs> I know. It, it really is just the craziest. <laughs> it, it truly does feel like, yeah. Like we're, we ha- we the house is on fire. Yeah, it's it's that and we're, cartoon and we're, with the dog. Yeah, it's fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be an interesting four years. I'll tell you that. Well, you want to move to Australia, or how do you want to handle this? I, I mean, we know. can do this I mean, from anywhere. Is, is we're gonna we're gonna bomb everybody. So wherever you go, I'm not gonna bomb Australia. I'm gonna bomb everybody. Trust me. I'm Australia. Sure. Sorry, guys. All those kangaroos. <laughs> oh, no. My yeah. buddies. Well, not Diesel. Not Diesel, the uh, koala. Yeah, Diesel. No. The one we found on the side it's of a, the road? It's going to be a marsupial war. What? Dude, I've, I just got over the penguin stuff. Please. Trust me. I'm done. Trust me. I'm done. Um, uh, we sign cars. Sign uh, cars. Go to the dollop, uh, podcast.com. Sign cars. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with gareth and jake i don't remember how we did it but either way fun half hour comes out tuesday august 22nd and the episodes will be out every tuesday and friday we're here to help oh hey there everybody it's gareth you know from this uh this podcast uh listen i've got some stand-up shows i'm inviting the garmy the gareth army to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.